Continuing our discussion of chapter 12, text 11 tonight. Atayitad api asakto si kartum madyogam asritaha sarvakarma palatyagam tatakuru yatatmavan. Krishna continues his description of eligibility and corresponding approaches to him in bhakti. Here he says, but even if this is not possible for you, and this refers to the previous verse then, in which he described Navalakshan bhakti. That um, practice in which one offers oneself to Bhagawan and accordingly then all of one's activities as well. And generally the idea is having offered oneself, the activities are automatically offered or that one offers the activities before they're performed hmm, in a consciousness that everything I do is for the service of Bhagawan. Hmm, whatever it be that you would do ordinarily in the consciousness of doing for yourself, the idea is that you have a sadhaka deha given by the guru and so it is uh, not your body in a different way than this body is not your body. Hmm? It is Bhagawan's body, it is the Guru Dev's body. So one can pay close attention to that body, both its psychic and um, its physical dimensions, all with a view to serve Guru and Krishna. Hmm? Uh, given that the body belongs to them. Hmm? Uh, so this is a, the basic idea of uh, of bhakti as opposed to karma yoga, which this verse tonight goes in the, in, in the direction of. So, just like we find uh, the devo- the the... the uh, uh, Braj Sundaris are preoccupied with decorating themselves nicely and so forth for the pleasure of Bhagawan. So we attend to our sadhakadeya. And like I say, this may be any number of things, brushing your teeth, bathing, and so on and so forth. This is mentioned um, by Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur in his commentary 11.236 of Srimad Bhagavatam, where the even the, the physical, psychic, and mental, psychic and physical, our fight, our our psychophysiological makeup that constitutes our our karmic situation, and so forth, to engage it all in the service of Bhagavan, or to uh, think of all of the activities as service of Bhagavan is a way of it's part of changing that. That identity, as I said earlier, you have a Varnashram identity. I'm a Chatri, I'm a Brahmin. Mahaprabhu said about that. No, I'm not. And all these gopi uh, people, of course, 
they have their siddhadehas and they're engaged in all the necessary activities for them for the pleasure of Bhagavan. So with our sadhaka day we shall engage. And this and Chakwati Thakur has commented these activities brushing your teeth, cleaning uh, your body, um, and so this all becomes angas of bhakti hmm? by that uh, consciousness. So this was the idea of the previous verse, and that it said, "Well, you do the acti- activity, do my activities, um, um, hearing about me, chanting, planting tulsi, building temples, um, so on and so forth." But then you have other things that you do, as I say, as well. But all of them become extended angasa bhakti by this um, type of concentrated, uh, uh, I want to say, orientation. Hmm? My body belongs to Guru and Krishna, serving it. So you're, it's not your body, as I say, in a different way than we ordinarily say, you're not the body. Hmm? Um, then it becomes something to care about. So this is where... Um, medical disciplines psycho, or psychological disciplines they come in, they have their place so people are, sometimes I hear people want to throw these things out There's this, this is maya this is not understanding of the sadhakadeya and attending to it uh, as, as need be can be an anga of bhakti but as I say, this was last night's um, idea now, while well, three verses here have dealt with bhakti, two verses dealing with internal bhakti, one with external bhakti, that external bhakti either leading directly to Vaikuntha or leading towards the internal bhakti that is so relative to to uh, the rag marg. Hmm. Um, in either way, all of those three verses were directly about bhakti. Here we, now, where are we going to go from here? So he says, well, if you can't do that, so he says, what? Um, then, hmm. what yogam uh, if you can't do that, then um, then madhyogam uh, kartam madhyogam ashrita. Taking shelter of me, dedicate uh, sarva karma phalam tyagam. Dedicate um, in, in, the fruits. All of the fruits of your actions, giving them up by way of dedicating them uh, to me. Hmm. So, different commentators have thought about this in verse in different ways, but it um, somehow it has to be understood as something uh, that one not qualified for what's described in the previous verse um, should do. So, some form of karma yoga. Hmm? In the first six chapters of the Gita, the type of karma yoga that is described from the um, perspective of the devotion of the, of the Gaudiya commentators is more or less a type of bhakti yoga, Bhagavat Arpita, Nishkam karma yoga, hmm? wherein not only you, do you engage in your prescribed duties, this is then very much relative to the classical Varnashram society. We don't live in a Varnashram society, but in a Varnashram society, 
as we know. Um, different people, according to their psychophysiological makeup, have duties to perform. Hmm? And so, do those duties and the fruits you offer to Bhagawan, rather than just giving up the fruits. Giving up the fruits means I don't do the work for the fruit, hmm? which, uh, but but I just do, do do the work, and then that's kind of implies some kind of steadiness, hmm? uh, because when you do the work for the fruits, sometimes you get the fruits, sometimes you don't get the fruits. So the ride is unsteady; it's you're full of ups and downs. So if you're not attached to whether you get the fruits or not, good results or bad results, so to speak. Hmm? In, in the course of the duty, then you are in this yogic kind of a space, which is balanced rather than up and down, riding the waves of one's emotions, one's aspirations for acquiring happiness and and avoiding distress and so forth. This is the troublesome uh, life, of, uh, uh, generally, of, of, of the Pariti Marg. Uh, so, the Pariti Marg means renunciation, giving up. So give up the fruits and you get this kind of balance then. Hmm? But besides this, or more than this, is if we give up, if we perform the Varnashram duties, if we're in a Varnashram society and so forth, then without attachment to the results and the, and the fruits of our work, we, we offer them uh, to Bhagawan. So it, it directly brings... Um, Bhagawan, Sri Krishna, Vishnu into the into the picture, and it's a kind of a nishkam karma yoga that has a connection with bhakti that leads to bhakti because there's significant um, elements of bhakti that are factored into it. Hmm. So this is the this is the kind of idea that that from the devotional perspective, devotional commentators in our lineage. Uh, kind of the way they look at Nishkam Karma Yoga as explained in the first six chapters of the Gita. Again, this is the end of the middle six chapters, so this, this section is kind of a summary of what's transpired thus far. A whole kind of ladder building to Bhakti Yoga or different disciplines mixed uh, mixed with Bhakti, disciplines independent of Bhakti that showcase for the sake of um, indirectly shedding light on the importance, the efficacy, the value of of uh, bhakti unto herself, and so forth. So, um, it's therefore sometimes seen this verse as referring back to that type of nishkam karma yoga in which the fruits are offered to Bhagwan. Just a, just a notch down, and the idea here, of course, is that one performs the prescribed duties and then offers them to Bhagwan. Um, but it, it, in that situation, of course, um, there's um, two, two things that are lacking in terms of what was described previously. One thing is that they're prescribed duties according to the Varnashram rather than activities, uh, Krishna's activities, hearing about Krishna, chanting about Krishna. They're Varnashram duties. That's a difference. Another difference is that only the Varnashram prescribed duties are offered. Hmm? Not brushing your teeth, hmm? not cleaning your ears, um, and all those other activities that you do. Hmm? 
Whereas in the previous verse, it's, it's thought that all these things become, because your very self is offered in Bhagavan, everything becomes an offering, even before it's offered, so to speak. This is the consciousness of it. I belong to Bhagavan, my body belongs to Guru and Krishna, it's their body, so everything I'm doing with it, for it, uh, and so on and so forth, all becomes bhakti is the idea. So this lacks in, in, in two ways. Hmm? Um, there's another situation, of course, that's that's slightly different, and, and in some ways it, it applies to those who are not in a Varnashram society. Um, earlier in the Gita, Krishna said, Yat Koroshi Yadashnasi Yat Johoshi Dadasiyat Yat Tapasyasikondayal Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer and give away, whatever sacrifice you may perform. So it, it implies activities that may not be just the prescribed uh, duties of, of Varnashram. Or we could think of it perhaps in relation to a society where there is no consideration of Varnashram. Where you, and those are a lot, you can, you can talk about in Varnashram society and so forth, but you really have to, uh, to, to really do that, you have to really go in and understand Varnashram and really distinguish one sect, one class from another class, and 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 it's not just he's a farmer, he's a warrior, so he goes out and does jujitsu, and the other guy gets a rake or something like that. There's all kind of attendant other activities and social norms and how you interact with with other classes and you don't eat over here, um, you know, you're with them, you don't, <laughs> um, so on and so forth. So it's it's quite e- elaborate mm-hmm. and, as Prabhupada said, impossible in one place to uh, to re- reestablish and so on and so forth. So um, we go to the other idea. Well, whatever you do, whether it's Vedic or non-Vedic somehow, you... Uh, Offer it to Bhagavan. Now you could do that in the consciousness of first uh, we'll, we'll do it and then offer it, whatever that might be. And then um, I guess we could say the higher idea was well, whatever you do, you do it, and uh, in the consciousness of it being an offering, then it would be more like what was described in the, in the previous verse. So oftentimes devotees ask this kind of a question, well, what does it mean to offer the fruits of your activities and, uh, and so forth, given that their, their activities are not the prescribed duties of Varna and Ashram? Hmm? So I think we have to gravitate towards the spirit of it and so forth and look at it, um, as I say here, in, in relation to this verse, maybe it's what, 929, of the uh, previously in the Gita, well, whatever you do, even if it's non-Vedic, uh, um, riding a bike wouldn't have been Vedic because there weren't bike bikes at that time. Um, I suppose uh, you could look at it like that. Although some type of transport was there, and then you could, you know, extend it. But anyway, anyway, whatever it might be. Um, um, uh, do it. Uh, as an offering under Bhagavan. This takes a step one kind of kind of uh, notch down. Our position, of course, would be 
as ashramites and so forth, that, well, whatever we do, we are offer, we're all engaged in Krishna's service for establishing the mission here and so forth. But then you have to be in the consciousness of that when you, when you do it. Hmm? And then you can magically turn into everything into, into bhakti, as I've said earlier. So, this is the, uh, then the end of this section, uh, as I say, three verses about bhakti. The subject is bhakti here, and the fourth verse is kind of half about bhakti. Hmm? A kind of nishkam karma that, that bhakti is, uh, is, um, is, is, um, factors, is factored into, and it leads progressively, arguably, to the previous verse, which arguably leads to the the, the, pre, the two verses before that that describe internal bhakti. Mm-hmm. So here it's external, but it's more external because it's not just external activities you're doing for Bhagawan, but external activities that are more in consideration of other propensities, tendencies, and, 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 and so on that need to be harnessed. Mm-hmm. Some restraint here is what's mentioned um, at the end, ditatmavan, um, tagam, phalam, Hmm. So, it's it's a yogic. Hmm. The Gita is very much concerned with activity that 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 is yogic or spiritually experiential. It's not very much concerned with religious activities. Indeed, the conclusion of the Gita is that you have to give up religion hmm, in order to attain me. Uh, there is a very some very brief, uh, I would say, descriptions of. Uh, dharma, or the path of karma, independent of renouncing the fruits of one's action, and that in relation to arguments that Arjuna posed in the beginning of the Gita that Krishna briefly answers in chapter 2, and um, that's about it. Otherwise, the rest of it's really about yoga hmm, rather than about religion. Hmm. And um, by that, of course, we mean experiential spiritual life, and this basic idea of gaining balance and stability by not being a fruit uh, chaser and riding the roller coaster of the bitter and the sweet fruits that come in the course of one's life. Hmm? So this is the bottom, really the bottom rung of of, of the Gita here, and it's quite high, actually. It's it, it's quite high. Hmm? Um, so it's very much a, a spiritual experiential book. This is the way, a way in which it all, also differs from um, other texts. Like I've said before, the Bible is comparatively much about believing and the Gita more of a, a dissertation on the nature of being. Hmm? The believing that it calls for hmm, comes in the second, the middle six chapters first six chapters talk about the nature of being. Is that you're different than the body, your consciousness? What is the nature of consciousness? It's not like this, it's not like that. How to experience it, and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, it's very metaphysical. Uh, and in the middle chapters, it asks you to believe, in a sense. Krishna says, this is who I am. So, some believing is there, but it, the believing is based on a description of the nature of being that warrants some believing in he who has told us about the nature of being because it's very startling. Hmm? 
um, it causes us to think about that which was right before us in a way that we hadn't previously. And we see, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's practical. Hmm? And so there's, you, you've already got you believing, so to speak. Believe in yourself, what you are. Hmm? How you're not matter, your consciousness. This is an exciting idea. Hmm? So this is not the, the subject of the Koran. This is not the subject of the of the Bible, for example. The soul is not, it's not this. You cannot understand what is the soul from the Bible. Later on, the Catholics incorporated Greek ideas about the soul, and Greece is not that far west um, from the east. And indeed, there was uh, there's plenty of evidence to substantiate the fact that there was a change, an exchange of ideas between the Greeks. And um, and the Indians and the Hindus, so you find in in the Greek, especially in Plato, a very um, Vedic idea. There's a Neo-Platonism that uh, is very much like um, the uh, the Gyan, the idea of the Gyanis um, in India, and this is where this idea of the soul is is comes from in, in Catholicism. There's also an an, an a, uh, Aristotelian idea of the soul, which is a more materialistic, a more of a is it physical? Is it spiritual? It comes through the Thomists. Hmm? Uh, they uh, identify with this type of soul, but I think the larger sector, if at all, if they think about it, uh, identifies more with this Platonic idea of a soul, but it, this again, it's not the subject of the Gita. Is my point? I mean, of the of, of the Bible. So the Gita, it is the subject, and so you get this exciting idea: I'm consciousness, I'm, I'm not matter, and that's the wow. There's a whole different perspective than what's important, what's 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 valuable, how I should conduct myself. Because we're all pursuing values, and you find you are the value, you're the giver of value. Pursue yourself. Um, and so, in the context of doing that, we find you're asked to believe hmm, that you are that, or you are his. So, that, again, the middle six chapters. That, or him, is described. Hmm. And so there's some believing required, but, but there's good, good... It's not a blind faith that's asked for. Hmm. The idea is your consciousness, but you're a spark of it. And so there's, you're in a predicament, even though you're superior to matter. And so there's a fire, too. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the s- subject to the same um, smoky circumstances that you, you find yourself in. So to connect with him, with that fire, the spark. Mm-hmm. So there's a very reasonable you know, step um, uh, in that uh, fosters believing, if you will. Um, That is the one thing I wanted to say, but there was another point I was making. What was the point? Difference between uh, those texts and this text. Well, I I guess that that it it speaks, it's a little bit redundant or repetitive, but it speaks not about religion. But about spiritual, experiential spiritual life, about mysticism, about experiencing in the here and now rather than believing and then experiencing later. 
largely the experience in, in, in the religious life is the betterment of our material life. Those are the things that we get that cause us to believe more, something like that. But we're talking about what the hereafter is, is like, experiencing this to get now. And, and, it went, went at, and, and, and the more that now, that experience becomes now, the more you're there. You are where you are, as they say sometimes. Wherever you are, that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me the other day, we were walking at Sansara Gray, and somebody said, and, where w- and, and I said, you could have your house here, here and, and where will you be? I said, it depends where your mind is, where I am. <laughs> if you want to be close to me, which was the, what the person was implying, I said, it depends where your mind is. I could be over there or at Madhuban or <laughs> Odaria, but I could be close. Or you could be, I could be right here and we could be very far apart. So you are wherever you are. That's where you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is kind of the idea of the Gita. It's very, it, it's different in this sense, in that it's it's an Upanishad. I mean, it's not about religion. Hmm? And this, so this is the lower end here, and the lower end is quite high. It's about experiential spiritual life, and that, in in, in, in talked about, advocated in such a way that that it leads to all the possibilities of uh, life in the world, of in the realm of consciousness, all those possibilities leading up to the possibilities of Braj Bhakti that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach about and so forth. And even, as I say, the Nishkam Karma Yoga. Um, the Gyan Yoga is not very much... This is the subject here. Gyan Yoga versus Bhakti Yoga. Hmm? So, right, that's how the chapter began. Krishna says, yeah, you can do Gyan Yoga. You can attain me as as Brahman. Hmm? But attaining me personally, that's better, that's easier, that's what I'm about, that turns me on, so that, that gets, gets, gets my attention, and so forth. Here's how you do it. Do it like this. If you can't do that, do it like this. If you can't do that, do it like this. If you can't do those internal ways, do it externally. If you can't do that, do it like this. He's talking about Karma Yoga. He's extolling the virtues of Karma Yoga over Gyan Yoga. Hmm? And of course, it, the progression in the Gita also is that, well, you can't do Gyan Yoga without a Karma Yoga. Hmm? Karma Yoga purifies the heart so that you can engage in Gyan Yoga, which is that's just a prerequisite for Gyan Yoga. You have to have a purified heart. Hmm? A purified heart means the propensity to act is gone. Hmm? Action in relation to things indicates, well, some desires hmm? and identification with things that don't endure and so forth. So for the jnani to sit, hmm, the contemplative, he has to have walked in such a way with detachment from the fruits of action that the heart will become purified. But here Krishna doesn't say, and if you can't be a devotee, be a jnani. And if you can't be a jnani, do karma yoga. Hmm? He doesn't say that. He's talking about bhakti yoga is better than jnana yoga. And if you can't be a devotee, in, in the full sense of the term, then do nishkam karma yoga with offering, offering the fruits to me. Hmm? So it, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not, jnana yoga is not very popular 
idea in, in, in the Gita. Some people try to turn the whole Gita into an advocacy of, 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 of Jnana Yoga. But here we find uh, Krishna has a different idea. Jnana Yoga leads to Brahman. And in Brahman, for the most part, hmm, uh, well, there's two classes. We, we said that earlier. There's four types of Jnana Yogis. Two don't go anywhere. They stay here. Hmm. They're offenders of bhakti. One, they want Brahman realization. That's the type that's described here. And they get it. And that's it. Hmm? They don't attain Krishna personally. This Nishkam Karma Yogi, as described here, he will attain Krishna in due course. Hmm? He will attain eligibility for bhakti and and so on. There is a type of Jnana Yogi, of course, then who does attain Prem Bhakti by converting to bhakti. <laughs> Basically, that's what Sukadev did, the Kumaras did, Navyaganda, they converted to bhakti by good association. Hmm? Um, but there are those who, in a stricter sense of the term, they want Brahman realization. This is their idea. They have a strong sangskar for that. They're not considered here the next group down. Hmm? The karma yogins are. Hmm? And this is very fertile ground for for bhakti, hmm? actually, karma yoga, to factor in, well, offer the fruits to Krishna and so forth, and give it all some... Uh, strong coloring tint, uh, transparent. What is that? Trans, the translucent. T- we were looking at different tinctures today, of bhakti. Hmm? Color it bhakti, something like that. It's something else, but color it bhakti. Hmm? This is the idea. So this is our gradation, and we, as we can see, the gradation is all about devotional service. As I say, this again is the chap. What the chapter is about. The next verse. Then he will summarize these these three things, or these these four um, ideas, three types of internal bhakti, one type of external bhakti, or, and then nishkam karma yoga, that's the way it's said, four or three things, internal, external bhakti, and nishkam karma yoga. We'll come to that tomorrow. Any question? Yes? So those things that, like, in the context of doing bhakti, that you know, one takes takes care of the body, whatnot, that be considered samvasiddha bhakti. Oh, I suppose you could refer to it as that. Hmm. Sangasiddha bhakti means those things that, by association with bhakti, become bhakti. Hmm. Um, as I said, Vishnu describes them as angas of bhakti. So. Um, but yeah, you know, brushing your teeth is not inherently bhakti. Chanting is. That's you know, or, or you would you designate a thing. That's a rope siddha bhakti. You designate a thing, and uh, uh, and it becomes bhakti. But I think the point is that if it becomes bhakti, then <laughs> it has uh, you know it's valuable. Still, okay, in the context of that, the sangha siddha bhakti or sarup uh, siddha bhakti. These activities are very powerful, even if you don't have the consciousness of <coughs> chanting for Krishna. They have some some power. Hmm? Whereas chant, brushing your teeth, well, that's you know nothing. But if you have the, the extent to which you have the consciousness, this is a, this is my sadhaka deha belongs to my guru and Krishna. I'm going to keep those teeth clean or something like that. Then uh, then it becomes some. Uh, 
form of bhakti, maybe not as powerful, let us say. Then again, in in general, the Navalakshan bhakti is described by Prahlad as something, iti pumsarpito vishnu bhaktis chen navalakshana kriyeti bhagavati adha tanmane ditamutamam that there is some consciousness behind it. But of that I'm giving, I'm dedicating myself to Krishna and this activity and I will chant. Hmm? Then again, of course, we have the, the rat offering the artik and, you know, whatever, dog eating the prashadam, that, that thing is there. Hmm. So that has special power. Hmm? These are very special things that Prahlad learned from Narada. Hmm? He's very much a fountain of, of bhakti. As I said, even Rupa Goswami has taken his key verse of bhakti rasamrits into the lead from Nard's verse. Hmm? What is it for Nard's verse? Sarvapadi banir muktam tatparat bena nirmalam mashikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti rutama becomes anyabhilashita sunyam gyan karmadi anabhita manukulena krishna anusilanam bhakti ruttama. Rupa Goswami make it a little more precise. Mm-hmm. But uh, the elements that he refines or um, refines the focus on are all found in Nard's verse. What? Another question? Okay, so we'll stop there. We had some guests coming this evening, right? Probably won't come here today. Yeah, maybe you could give a call to the class and see if they're they've arrived. Let them know where we are, and so forth. And um, now this weekend, there's some devotees coming, right? Do we have any time to do anything on the land? That clear a few areas or something like that? That we do. Okay, well let's talk about that in the morning, and maybe we can. Because if we clear out some more areas, they can see what we can see. That would be that would be good. Yeah. 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 We could. Yeah, that would be good. We could do a little beforehand. I don't know what. When we will talk about it in the morning. We had a good meeting with Ken on the land. Exciting. We, he's going to start work tomorrow. Bringing in. The, Another road. We've got other ideas for roads, and it's taking shape. So, Sarva Hiti Jai, or Adamada.